This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show. Um, this is going to be quite an interesting week in that uh, Brett 2 is not here, but Brett 2 might be here. Um, he got called away for something quite urgent. I got a frantic message. So I might be solo today, but I do have guests in the studio. And uh, we chat to Kelvin Collett from iConnect just now as well. So definitely a feature pack show. Um, if there's an interruption a bit later on, then uh, just please bear with me. As I said, uh, B2 might come rocking and rolling and running inside. So as always, um, I like to start the week off with the app of the week. I must just apologize. I, I'm incredibly nasal at the moment after trips down to the coast to, ex- to escape the uh, cold weather up here in Joburg. Um, I went down and got cold weather in Durban, then got back up to Joburg, and now we're in the middle of a renovation. So I got dust and cold and snot and all those wonderful things. So, yeah, if I sound a little bit hoarse, um, apologies. So back to the um, app of the week. The one that I've come across this week is called Gadder, which is spelled G-A-D-D-R. Um, what I really like about it is it's got a web interface as well as uh, Android and iOS apps. So you can go to Gadder, G-A-D-D-R dot me. And what it does is it actually lets you search networks, your social networks. So if you know the handle of someone, so my handle is fatcatbrett, P-H-A-T-C-A-T Brett. And if you type it in there, it finds every single social network that I'm linked to so that you can go to the profiles, click on follow, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's quite useful if you've met someone at an event or uh, at an exhibition or something. And I'll guess that we're going to chat to today would probably fit quite nicely into this type of uh, description. So what I what I found was a bit freaky about it is that um, there were networks on there that I didn't even know that I, I actually had an account with. Um, but uh, yeah, Gadar, G-A-D-D-R. Um, as I said, if you go to .me, you can try it on the website first before you download the apps. And uh, that's my app of the week. Staying with apps... Um, Snapchat, they, uh, I'm actually not sure what they're doing. You know what, guys, I'm actually going to turn your mics on just for the meantime, seeing I'm sitting here solo. Um, so I'll get into the proper introductions in that just now, but I've got, uh, Halia and Russ, uh, sorry, Russ, listen to me, Russ. Hello, Russ. <laughs> Russ with me today with, from Growth Hub, and we'll be talking to him just now. But feel free to jump in and chat because it's quite lonely up here on the deck. Um, anyone wants to phone in? The contact number is 0861-555-189. You can get us on Twitter or Facebook or on WeChat. So Snapchat have just announced their latest update, and they're calling it Memories. Now, the whole idea of Snapchat, for those that don't know what it is, it's a network that's become incredibly popular with the youth because you literally send a picture or a message, or something that's not going to remain. Now, we have chatted about this in the past with regards to security issues, in the sense that people might take pictures that they shouldn't really be taking, and that's probably why the youth are are enjoying it. Um, And then it's on the basis that it disappears after a few seconds. Now, there's a thing called screenshot. So if something comes on my phone and I go screenshot, sorry for you, I have got it forever. So that's again just a caution. But you're going to carry on using it the way you do. That's great. All I'm saying is that uh, it's you know it's not such a great idea to be sending pics that maybe in a few years' time you don't really want on the internet. That being said, their latest update is something called Memories. And Memories, exactly like its name, is a 180-degree move away from what they're doing. And that is letting you save the Snapchat that uh, has just come through. So I don't have to screenshot the naked pictures of your boobs anymore. I can just add it to memories. So thanks for that, and we'll see how that plays out. Um, I think they also need to be aware. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that adjusts their, their usage and how people feel on that. But more importantly, um, there's a network called Snow that's come out of North Korea, North Korea, South Korea, and I think comes out of North Korea, except for failed missiles. Um, which is probably a good thing. But Snow is basically the Korean version of what Snapscan or Snapchat rather is all about. Now, why I mention it is, in fact, we were talking off air, guys, is that when WeChat came to South Africa, they reported, I think, like 300 or 400 million users, <coughs> excuse me, um, when no one had heard of them. And like everyone was questioning, you know, how can this be real and blah, blah, blah. It's because it came from China. So it's networks that we don't necessarily use. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, 
you know, snow is going to be another one to watch. Um, maybe early adopters want to get involved. Hopefully your Korean's good because I'm going to assume it's mainly in Korean. But it's uh, something that's definitely come up on the horizon. Oh, did you see what I did there? Snow. Oh, come on, guys. You're allowed to laugh as well. You're like, <laughs> there we go. Brett, too, where are you? My guests are looking at me here and not, uh, not engaging. Um, cool. Down in Cape Town, now this show with Growth Hub is all about entrepreneurs and innovation and all those good things. So I, I came across this little tidbit, which I thought was also quite interesting, but I need to question it as well. It's called View for Mahala, and it's View and the number four and Mahala being free. Um, and the idea behind it is that you, a lot of people still don't have connectivity and a lot of people still can't afford to pay for bandwidth here in South Africa and probably in Africa as a whole. So the guys, what they did is they basically um, have ad-funded internet connectivity. Ross is shaking, is nodding his head yes because he's probably seen this before. Um, what they do is they give you two full-screen ads. Uh, so you connect, you join the, the, the Wi-Fi hotspot, you connect. And then I've been told it's between two and five seconds of static ads. So it's not video. It's just like, you know, buy this or buy that. It disappears after five seconds and you get between 10 and 15 megs of data. So my first comment is awesome, well done. My second comment is what the fuck do I do with 10 to 15 megs of data? I mean, that's what, one good email, maybe two. So the model for me is great, but it's a little bit flawed. I really don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've got some insights, but I know that to download a song is about, what, five megs or six megs? Yeah, Maybe. but I think it's good for for your messaging, WhatsApp, that type of stuff. It doesn't really chart too much data. All right, so you're hoping that people are behaving. I suppose you'll try once and see what happens and get bombed out. So, yeah, I think you're right, Ross. If you uh, if you uh, use it for what it's probably intended for, which is connectivity, sending a message, sending a WhatsApp to say, hey, I'm late or I'm at the station or blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's something that's worth watching because I think there's potential there. Um, you know, we, we talk about all the time being in media that there's so much exposure to everything and that overload syndrome that we look at. Um, now it's focused. It's on your device. It's personalized. I'm pretty sure, and Ross, I mean, I know with your models as well and Versify, you know, um, the, the data they're going to mine, they'll probably start to put contextually aware communication through to the device. For sure. Well, let's see how it goes. Well, that I just I'm glad to see someone's trying to do something. Um, but on that note, uh, I think it was Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Facebook. So Facebook put out an interesting stat. They reckon that 10% of the global population live outside of cellular range. Okay, so they're nowhere near um, a cellular tower, and um, they also said that four billion people. So I mean, that's what. 60%-ish, um, are unconnected. So we're in a 7 billion-odd people world, and of which 4 billion are unconnected. Now, that they're probably based on the fact that 4 billion people don't have Facebook accounts. In other words, they only have 3 billion. But be that as it may, it's quite an interesting set. Harvard, okay, 2 billion. That's still a hell of a lot of people. Um, so what they've done is they've made this little box, and it goes onto existing infrastructure. It's self-powered. It takes low drain off the existing networks. But it basically pushes out 2G equivalent connectivity, and they want to make it free so that you'll be able to do exactly what uh, View for Mahalo was, was looking at doing. You'll be able to go to Facebook. You'll be able to, you'll be able to look at things or, or connect within chat, SMS, phone calls. Uh, you won't be able to do high-res video Skype calls or, or stream videos and things like that. And in fact, if you look at um, free Facebook pages, the media is always hidden. You can do it offline. So it will be quite interesting to see how that project um folds out or plays out rather because especially for the emerging market something like that could really help connect worlds and if you've got facebook you've got messenger which means you can still have external communications i also read an article similar to that using drones to get the connectivity so instead of uh, going onto existing infrastructure using those hard to reach places that use drones and they have the same kind of 2g 3g connectivity um so they're not having to lay all the infrastructure. So that's also quite interesting. I that think. is interesting. I know that Google did it with balloons as well, like a weather balloon type technology. There's just one problem. I've done a lot of time playing with drones, both from trying to fly them or crash them, um, as well as like, you know, using them, their battery life. So it's going to be a temporary fix. And I'm yeah. pretty sure that if this thing's beaming, it's using even more battery. So uh, let's see if, uh, if, if, if Facebook gets this right. You mentioned drones. Uh, one of the other little things that have popped up uh, in my radar this week is um, 
from next month, robots will be delivering food in London, Bern, uh, where was it, Dusseldorf, and somewhere else. I don't know, but it's irrelevant. And if those little few places. Um, it's a company called Starship Technologies. And what they're doing is they basically, they've made these little six-wheel robots, and they'll deliver food. Um, now, they've said that to start, they'll be controlled. They'll be remote controlled, and the staff will obviously be controlling these things. While they learn, inverted commas, artificial intelligence, uh, the delivery routes. And then from that point on, they're hoping that this tech will deploy. And their rationale, which I think is fantastic, is that it costs about £12 to deliver in London. They reckon that using this type of tech would be go down to as low as a pound. So you can get food and that you, but can you, I'm just thinking like a South African now. So I'm sitting there homeless on the side of the road. Yeah. And one of these little things comes, I was like, score. Food and transit food, food and transit heist. I got food jacked. So, um, yeah, I mean, but what's so nice is that robotics are still evolving. I mean, Brett and I talk about this all the time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's starting next month. And, uh, when I do keynote speaking, um, I often joke about the day that it becomes legal to marry a phone. My wife is gone. Sorry, babe, I love you. Uh, I had to put that in there as a disclaimer. But, you know, because again, you won so regularly, I'm always playing with a different device. Well, a guy did do that. He went to Vegas and he married his iPhone. Um, they made a ring that stuck on the back of the phone and he put it on his hand. There's a whole video clip. You can, you can find it. Although the marriage is obviously not legal, he has got a piece of paper where he's dedicated to love and hold and all those wonderful things. Um, and it was more about a documentary about how as humans, this is now part of us. The phone is like, you know, you've got 10 fingers, 10 toes, or in your case, Ross, 17, um, you know, but you have a phone stuck to your hand or two. Yeah. Um, my only problem is, you know, as our significant others in life get older, some people get divorced and they change and plastic surgery and all this. Phones don't last more than two or three years. So if you're married to your phone, what happens? You know, a new model comes out, faster processor. So it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that evolves. Um, I always talk about VR. It's something that, uh, that we love talking about. And this week I'm going back to its purest form, which is games. Um, both VR and AR. So VR, um, the Batman Arkham game has come out. This is unbelievable. It starts off with you putting on the Batman suit. So you like actually see yourself becoming Batman and putting on like all your little gizmos and gadgets and the, and the opening sequence ends with a pan to the mirror and you see yourself in the mirror as Batman and then the game starts. I just thought that was like, it's, I, I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it because it really, it's rich graphics. It's amazing. But then on the AR side, Pokemon Go. Okay, now I I develop a lot of augmented reality. It's something I, I've been doing for a while, so I'm always interested in, in in AR. Now the AR is not great. I'm just going to say that out. It's not the greatest AR I've seen. The little images float weirdly, but be that as it may, um, Nintendo stock price rose nine percent. So someone's thinking it's really good. People trying to get this app and sideload and pre-download. I mean, people going nuts to the point that in the US this last week. More people have been on on Pokemon Go than on Tinder. Okay, that's saying something. And in Darwin, in Australia, the police issued a warning or a public notice that they've realised that their police station is a go site, and that they don't you don't have to come in to collect the Pokemon ball. You can actually get it from outside. So you can imagine like all these Aussies have been walking in like good day, mate, good day, good day, good day, um, trying to collect this Pokemon. But they followed it up with a public service announcement saying. If you are going to play, make sure you don't look at your phone while you're crossing the road. I mean, you can just imagine, like, just coming out <laughs> trying to find this thing. Zap. So, um, yeah, that was uh, the VR and, and AR edition for the week. Um, I now need to uh, to go across to uh, a- an interview that I had with um, Kelvin Collett from iConnect. Um, we've had him in the studio. Uh, B2 spoken to him a couple of times. So I thought I'd have a quick chat to him, and it's, it's all about how Wi-Fi could actually be strangling our networks. So I'm going to go across to this interview that we did, and uh, then I'm going to come back to our guests and talk about Growth Hub. 
All right, well, um, I actually enjoyed my time with Kelvin last month, so much so. And uh, I actually checked through the files and I see Brett actually got to speak to you twice, Kelvin. So uh, I'm not going to be outdone. <laughs> so welcome back. It's good to have you. You seem to be our go-to guy when it comes to uh, all things connected. Cool. Thank you very much for having me. Great, man. So it's been interesting over the last uh, few weeks. Um Someone mentioned something to me the other day, and it kind of resonated. And you know, you know, you, we've all heard of mechanic syndrome. You know, like the mechanic's car is the worst car outside, and so on. I think I have to admit that I might be falling into that kind of category with some of my tech stuff. I mean, I've always got the latest, greatest, shiny, flashy toys, but I do seem to have a lot of frustration at home. So I think after everything I've learned from listening to your other interviews, and even you know, having a chat to you myself. I think I need to to have an iConnect guy come around. Um, but what I what I really wanted to talk to you about because I did some googling on this and what I found scared me because I see I've got a lot of patching going on, and that's the fact that my Wi-Fi at home and probably in the office as well could actually be the main culprit of my internet speeds. Certainly. Okay, that wasn't the answer I wanted to hear. So now we're going to chat about <laughs> this. I was hoping you'd turn and say, "Hell no, Brett." So I think. For people that are listening, because I'm sure there's 99% of the people are having the same problem that I've had, is um, you were told, get a Wi-Fi modem. And this this pertains to home and work. So I'm not going to yeah. jump between the two. It, it, it's basically a case of you've got a, a line that comes in from your service provider. It goes into a modem. The modem then can be either wireless or wired. And if it's wireless, it sends awesome signal all over. And uh, we have the frustrations of brick and mortar or angling and all that. But mm-hmm. I've I've taken all that into consideration, and yet I'm finding there's still issues. Yeah. So I, I kind of went online, and that's why I thought, let me get you back in. The one thing that I saw was the the, the standard or the frequency, which is the 802.1 or something. Wow. Take us through. There's so many different 802s. So maybe give us give the listeners a bit of a history of what 802. 802.11. Yes, that was um, one of the ones I saw. Yeah, um, started with A, B, and G. Okay, hold on a second. Shall it's A, B, and C? No, no A, no, B, and G. No, no, okay. This is technology. We don't follow any rules. <laughs> All right, so A, B, and G. A, B, and G. Um, a, a and B were 11 megasecond. Uh, G was 54. And then they went to N, which was closer to 100. Okay. So this is the throughput speed yeah, of that specific. Of that wireless. Okay, cool. Now, I didn't mean that you could get the full... Um, Speeds uh, of the the, the the specific technologies, and um, we're now on AC um, thirteen hundred plus, and and it goes all the way up. Now, now the big thing to remember at wireless is you can only output certain amount of power. Okay. Okay. So, at a slower speed like A or B, which is eleven meg, um, your range is much bigger. Okay, so you had a, a 4 meg uh, DSL with a, a wireless extender. It probably would have extended right through your entire house, all right? And it would have been, you're like, okay, cool, I'm getting 5 meg everywhere. Then you go and upgrade to the latest, greatest AC 1300 plus router, which gives you over 100 meg. Well, actually gives you up to 450 meg on a 100 meg fiber line. And now you're only getting your dining room covered. And you're like, well, yep. what's going on? This well, is this ridiculous. Is what, yeah, yeah. Have you got a camera in my house? <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly it. Because it's put outputting so much, uh, well, so much speed, its coverage is then shortened. So you then need repeaters to be able to get further coverage. And this is one of those things. Wireless works like that. I mean, it's why uh, radio signals, for instance, go hundreds of kilometers. Um, but cell phone signals can't go that far. And it's purely based on the fact that you've got a, a, a sort of a distance versus throughput uh uh, give off that that happens because of that. So it's important to understand that the, the higher speeds you go, the smaller your cells are going to be. So like your LTE, I mean LTE are now trying to put up micro cells because they got really great speeds of of LTE, but you don't go very far. So your your two Gs and even three Gs are far higher cell. Um, Reaches, reaches. I feel like I'm back in school, Calvin, with the frequency of wave when yeah, we did in science. <laughs> you know, when you the, the slower the wave, the further it went, and the higher the wa- the faster the wave, the shorter it went. But the peaks and troughs, the, exactly. those like little. Z- I'm sitting here with my hands going like up, down, up, down, up, down. But I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I figured that much out. I mean, that part 
as I said, I, I have a little bit of understanding. So yeah. I went and bought repeaters and okay. I whacked them all over the house. And I must say the stupid little blue lights drive me mad at night because mm-hmm. they're in the rooms and they, they're obviously picking up and, de- you know, going yeah. down, picking up, going down. But, but be that as it may, something that I thought of is that I might have bought the wrong repeaters. You know, they all, um, What's the word I'm looking for? They say they're universal, yeah. right? I hate the word universal. Oh, absolutely. Unless it pertains to a movie production company that makes really good <laughs> movies, the word universal scares me, and I'm seeing that. You just mentioned now that the current um, standard that we're on is AC, mm-hmm. um, and we had N, and we had MIMO, and I, I've seen all these yeah. words on the boxes as I change my, my devices over time. But now, what I've noticed specifically is with my Apple products, most of them will take a 5 gigahertz frequency. Yeah. And a lot of the other older tech, even the TV, funny enough, which is not that old, is a 2.4. Yeah. Um, and the modem that I have does have both channels going out. But when I looked at these damn repeaters after I bought them, they say 2.4. So straight away, universal, inverted commas, straight away they are universal, but they're only going to work on one of my channels. One of your two, yeah. And the other thing that I noticed on is it didn't say AC. I think it said N. So what I've got is I've got an AC-capable modem because that was the first thing I changed. Yeah. Okay, and I think I'm running like two, two four or something like that, which is quite respectable yeah. if I'm standing on top of it. <laughs> um, you know, you ask your wife to come hold a 65-inch TV on top of the modem to see how that works. Yeah. I mean, you can't watch it, no. <laughs> um, is that causing a problem? I mean, have I got wrong components that are, take us through this, how this should be mapped out? Certainly compatibility issues. And I mean, also the, the standards are growing daily. I mean, we see new versions coming out almost on a monthly basis. So you absolutely have to be on top of that and match your equipment to what, what you, what you want. Um, as you say, Apple certainly supports the, the five gigahertz range, uh, which is great <clears throat> because there's a hell of a lot of 2.4 interference out there so going on the five gigahertz range makes sense um you'll often see it if you if you scan you'll get your neighbor's uh uh his his ssid and your other neighbor's ssid which just goes to show how much interference is out there so going on the five gigahertz range makes sense because you'll get a lot less uh, interference but then you need to make sure that your repeaters um support five gigahertz and then looking at mesh products, you know, I quite like mesh products over repeaters. Okay, I don't know what that is even. So can you explain a mesh product to cool. us? So mesh, in, in effect, actually creates a single network out of all your repeaters. Okay, okay cool. So, you, I mean, so it's like a grid, basically, exactly. when, you, when you plan them out. That's perfect. Okay. Perfect analogy. Because, so here you actually have the same SSID across all of your, your, your repeaters called for lack of, lack of a better word, but on a single network. And they basically then just have, call it a backle component, um, which is wireless as well, back to the, the main antenna. But you've still got a single network, which is not quite nice and clean. So wherever you're walking, you've actually still connected to your house single, um, Okay, so I might have done that because it was a button that said push, you know, use that WPS mm. or whatever, and it, it shares because mm. I don't have to log into the repeaters. Yeah. And I'm still seeing the same SSID running through the house. So I might have done that maybe by mm. default or having a look at the setup. So I've put a mesh environment. But what I'm worried about is the actual, you, you know, the frequency of change of, of technology. So let's be honest. No one wants to spend money. Mm. If it works, why do you want to replace it? But 100%. I think on the same note… I can't pick up the phone and phone iConnect and say, hey, guys, um, I'm trying to watch Game of Thrones and I can't because I've got no internet connection and the lights are on and the DSL light is on or the fiber light, whichever it is yeah. I'm using. Um, what is you – know, we upgrade our cell phones every two years. Yeah. I mean, we sit there counting down the days until that freaking contract risk expires. And sure. Yes, they own me for two more years. And, of course, one year later, the next one comes <laughs> up, which is so much better. And, shit, i got one more year to go. <laughs> Surely then we've got to treat the backbone of what we're doing with all these devices in the same light. I mean, what is the frequency of change to this type of tech? No, it's critical. Um, two years is a good timeline. Um, we certainly see that. If, if, and you cannot. You know, so many guys want to use their existing equipment. They say it's been there for long enough. I want to use it. The challenge is, you know, it's also the two things we forget. So you upgrade your access point. So the guys say, cool, I'll upgrade my access point. Happy to do that. But then your devices – You've still got uh, 802.11a device in your old laptop or whatever device you're using. So that will never. It will always connect at the slowest speed. So you actually need to upgrade your entire set of devices if you want to utilize those levels of speed. Now, 
if you're not too stressed about speed on your on your old laptop, not a problem. But if you want on your Apple TV and all these kind of things, you've got to make sure they support the right speeds. I mean, otherwise you're going to get frustrated and you're going to have buffering. And it's not necessarily your backhaul connection, which is on fiber anyway, that is a problem, or the ISP up, uh, upstream. It's a case of making sure that all the devices support the highest speeds possible to be able to provide the best throughput and therefore the best experience for whatever you're trying to do. And especially for over-the-top services, your Showmaxes, your Netflixes, Hulu, etc., etc. Um, and we're all going that way. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you've uh, if you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Calvin Collard from iConnect, and we're talking about Wi-Fi potentially being the main culprit in your home or business network uh, for not getting the speeds that you want. On that note, and, we, and we're just saying now with regards to upgrading equipment and that, um, I get that. I mean, I know that if I bring out an old whatever and it's got an A or B, it's, it's going to connect to speed. The other question that I need to ask is the number of connected devices or people, whichever it is. I mean, a device can connect without a person. So let's keep it at devices. If I take – let me just take my home, for example. And I, and I don't want to get onto the Internet of Things because yeah. that's coming. Yeah. I have a smart TV in two rooms. I have an Apple TV in two rooms. I have th- two computers that are connected as media servers and file servers somewhere in the house. I own a laptop, a tablet, and a phone, or a couple of phones. My wife has a tablet, and so on. So, I mean, if I just sit down and, and actually calculate the number of dedicated connected devices, not even IoT, um, things that are being utilized the mm. whole time, it has to be somewhere in the 20 to 25 range. Mm. Is that killing my speed? Is that killing my connectivity? Is it not an issue? How do we manage that? Most devices these days support 30, 30 users or 30 devices. Um, but Can I just interrupt you and unpack that further? Let's say I have a 10 meg, well I do, I have a 10 meg line, okay, and it's a pure 10 meg line, it's running fiber, it's great. The device can support 30, fine, I've got 20. Are you saying then I'm getting 10 meg speed to each device, or Shared. ideally, yeah. or am I getting uh, half a meg to each device because there's 20 devices connected to 10? You're getting 10 to each device as long as the other devices are not being utilized. So it, it's all a case of, of how many devices have been utilized at the same time. I mean, if they're sitting there dormant, not doing anything, they're not pulling any bandwidth, then you've got your full 10 megs. But if you're watching Netflix here and downloading a movie there and mails here and your kid's playing a game there, yeah, you're certainly sharing that. And I think that's important. That's know? critical. I mean, you know, then someone does a speed test. So you've got four different devices doing that. You get a speed test of two megs. You're like, oh, what's my ISP doing? Yeah. Well, you're actually using eight megs. Therefore, there's only two megs left for the speed test to run through and actually measure the, the and it, it measures the differential. And this is obviously something that <laughs> iConnect will help us with. I mean, again, Certainly. going into a consultancy type environment as opposed to being a seller, mm. you could come in and say, listen, how many devices are you? Because I have this. I mean, I scream at my little guy all the time. Are you downloading or are you playing online? Da, 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 because I know he is. I yeah. don't even have to go and check <laughs> that he is. And I don't need a net nanny to tell me this because I'm watching a movie at lower than SD and with a buffer every two seconds. Yeah. Um, and no one else is there, yeah. you know, and my devices have moved into sleep mode. So I think that's the other thing as well is that, again, we need to understand that Wi-Fi is not this magic fix that just no. throws cool connectivity around everywhere. There's actually quite a complexity to it. A huge amount of complexity. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, the takeaways are we, if you're upgrading everything else into yours, I mean, even a car. We service a car every 30,000 Ks or 20,000, whatever the manufacturer is. Yeah, yeah. We should probably be looking at the same thing. If the Internet is so important to our businesses and our, our lifeblood or, or even our connectivity at home, sure. um, you know, people aren't doing that. No, they're not. I mean, we've got many examples. I mean, one was uh, is a classic. The the ONT, which is the fiber termination equipment, was installed in a cupboard upstairs. So we installed our device in the cupboard upstairs. And we spoke to the homeowner and said, listen, would you like to um, any other repeaters? He said, no, no, he's happy with just upstairs. Problem is his office was downstairs. <laughs> so he was guess- getting less than two megs out of 100 meg potential capacity. Um, and the house was big. So those are the kind of things that we're – it's just a mindset shift. We've got to realize that actually um, 
it is far more complex. I mean, as part of our, our installs now, we do exactly that. We walk around and we say, here's a dead spot, here's a dead spot, here's a dead spot. Okay, you need two repeaters, three repeaters, and then you'll get consistent coverage throughout your house. And that's and that's part of our, our sort of value add, if you want to call it that. I, I think it's important because everyone likes to think they can do it themselves. And I must be honest, it actually is quite easy to plug and play. Sure. I mean, most devices, we, we're learning to plug and play. But you can't identify a dead spot and you can't identify a need. I mean, I used to have my, when, when Wi-Fi first started, I had my router on top of a microwave. Okay. It doesn't work. No. I mean, no. it does if you're standing on top of it, but then you're going to get nuked by the machine. Exactly. So these are the kind of things that obviously with yourselves and your team at iConnect, we can solve. Fluorescent lights are an absolute killer. Really? Mm, okay, see, I didn't know that. Guys, fluorescent, but, but they kill your eyes as well. Yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. Just in, in finishing off this chat, one thing I, that I've been wondering because I've making the, I'm going to make the change from DSL or VDSL actually to fiber. Um, and I, I know a lot of people are. Am I right to assume we can't use the same equipment for fiber or is that a wrong assumption? Because someone said to me, no, you need to put in brand new routers. I mean, my router is two months old. Depends on what the, the technology wirelessly it supports. So we'll give you a route as part of our install as an example. Okay. And most ISPs actually do at the moment just to stop that, the finger pointing exercise. So it's far better to just give a new router. Um, your repeaters might be fine because you might not need to run those at 100. So listen, if those run at 50, it's still good. Who needs 100 yep. um, from a repeater base? So uh, yeah, you can certainly use it uh, potentially, but we prefer not to. We prefer to install brand new Stall fresh, make sure it works, and then, you know, when we sign off, you say, great, I'm getting 100 megs, what I paid for, I'm excited. Okay, no, that's valid. I mean, I ask the question, you know, no one wants to waste money. No, no. one wants to buy of things, course. and you know, so I think that's the other thing as well, guys, as, as another takeaway and a, another reason to get hold of the guys at iConnect is uh, if you're also thinking about it and your technology is old or older, this is a great time to actually do a clean, fresh install, new tech, new New fiber, new everything. Um, and, you know, happy internet, happy family. 100%. Um, awesome. Calvin, we can get you where? What's the website address? iConnectSA.co.za. Okay, that's pretty easy. Um, there's a, to check fiber coverage, especially for your home, we've got a very nice page up at the moment. So just click on the fiber link and then just follow to fiber to the home and then enter your address and we should have fiber for you. Sounds awesome. Good. Thanks so much for, for coming in again. As I said, Pleasure. at least now B2, I got two out of uh, Kelvin as well. So, man, and man. <laughs> cool, man. Have a good one. We'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Evan. Okay. Cheers. Ciao, bye. bye. CliffCentral.com. Okay, well, um, I, I really did enjoy talking to Kelvin again. And I think the most important thing is, as he said, you know, it's, it's not only about speed and connectivity, it's about the right connectivity. And uh, I tried really hard to bring Wi-Fi into introducing the guest formally now because uh, I'm talking about right connectivity, Ross, maybe I'm getting there. But uh, I've got Helmo and Ross with me today, um, the two co-founders of Growth Hub. How's it, guys? How's it going? Okay. Jeez, like it's Monday. It's not the end of the world, huh? <laughs> so, guys, you guys have put together Growth Hub. I mean, Ross, you've actually been on the show before with Versify, and I must actually—it uh, was quite cool. I saw that someone was listening to our show, and uh, yeah, we got some good traction off of it. So, that was yeah. fantastic. So, at least we know there's more than I'm your mom, mom, your mom, and someone else's mom <laughs> listening, and obviously B2's mom, who is definitely AWOL today. I think he—he's not going to make it in today, but it's fine. Um, I think, guys, you know. Tell me about it. What is Growth Hub? Why are we sitting here? So, yeah. So, basically, um, as you mentioned, I, I run my own startup, Versify, and Halmo runs his own startup called Spacebox. Um, and we met kind of in the startup scene, you can say, at, at networking events and what, what not, and we became friends. And uh, we both we, we stayed in touch, and I bounced a lot of things off of him because he's about a year ahead of me in the process. So, it's always nice for me to to kind of, you know, chat to him about PR, about, well, how did you handle this approach? How did you do this? Um, and it just kind of got to the point where he obviously doesn't have all the answers either. So we thought um, we'd start an initiative uh, to boost the the ecosystem and the entrepreneur eco ecosystem in, um, in Joburg specifically. I know uh, the, the Silicon Cape initiative and there's quite a few others down in the Cape. Um, 
and they, they're a bit ahead of us, but Joburg's kind of crying out for something like this. So that's, can, can that's, I interrupt you there for yeah. a second? Cause that's something I've never understood. I mean, the guys down in Stellenbosch are doing incredible stuff. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Really incredible. Yet we're sitting on the money pit. And uh, we're doing nothing. I know. It's bizarre. It is um, nuts. It really is. Well, as I said, carry on. I mean, that's why I wanted to get you guys in here. I want the Joburg guys to know what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. We we are in Joburg. I think it's a... It makes sense for something like this to happen in Joburg. There's a lot of a lot of the corporate, well, all the corporates are yeah, here. All the well, money's here. Count, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Check my sponsorship falling off the floor there from other companies from Durban and Cape Town. Sorry, guys, still love you. So yeah, we just uh, thought we'd start something that that benefits everybody. You know, there's no, it's a non-profit organization at the moment. It's it's we're just trying to get people like-minded individuals together. The tech scene is is booming. Um, Sure, we are quite far behind Silicon Valley and Tel Aviv and um, even Kenya at this stage. But I think South Africa, there's no reason why Joburg can't be the, the center of African startup scene. And uh, this is kind of a step in the right direction, I hope. Now, also, this is a physical event, which I think is quite important because everything that I talk about seems to be tech or digital, online or connected. And, I mean, even your business is, is online. Yeah. Um, here you're bringing people together. Uh, I know it's short notice, and uh, Helma, you guys are sold out for your event on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. We've had a very good response from the people. Clearly, a, a big hunger f- to listen to the topic we've got uh, on Thursday, which is uh, addressing the question of how to pitch for funding. Fantastic. Okay, so that that I think is probably the be all and end all of being an entrepreneur. Now, I know the two of you live and walk the shoes in fact i'm looking at your shoes your shoes are quite nice i'm yours ross i'm not so sure about <laughs> so one of you is walking better than the other no, i'm just playing but um you know you get different types of entrepreneurs in south africa or globally but i mean what i've come across is obviously local and and you get the guy who's going to work eight to five thinking of an idea going that's nice. I'll try it at night. That's not an entrepreneur for me. That's someone who's looking for another way of doing something while being safe. The two of you do live your businesses. I mean, you guys are entrepreneurs. You've built your businesses up from zero. Um, you know, you cash trapping them yourselves. You, you're getting on with the things. Is this the kind of expertise that you're looking to share? And, I, and it's a double edged question. Let me finish where I'm going with that. Um, what I found with people that are business owners for lack of a better word and especially when there's ip involved they're very guarded they don't want to share in case you might actually get the money that they're looking for that big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow um how do you see growth hub actually facilitating everyone and obviously in turn yourselves um i think sure we we are kind of living entrepreneurs and we do it every day but i do think um People, they may be scared to, to kind of leave their, their safety nets of their corporate job or whatever they have. But I think something like Growth Hub can give them, uh, access to people who are doing it, mentorships, um, investors, whatnot, that will give them the confidence and the forum to ask the right questions to break out and, and go on their own. Um, I think the more people who start businesses, the better in this country. Uh, entrepreneurship is is key to the future of this country. I mean, you can see the economy and the, the tiny growth we're experiencing. Um, so, yeah, I think Growth Hub can help in terms of, of you know, getting those people. People have million-dollar ideas and, um, you know, they never kind of act on them or they – they do, but it's too late and someone else has jumped on the bandwagon. Hopefully, Growth Hub can kind of uh, nurture these ideas and, and bring them to fruition. All right. So, there's an event coming up on Thursday. Um, I mean, it's 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 already sold out. So, you know, well done on that. But, I mean, there's obviously people that are going to listen to the show and go, well, that sucks. Um, I'm assuming at least, if nothing else, the event will be covered through Twitter so they can see some of the tweets. And, uh, and you guys have got two really cool speakers. You've got Richard Mulholland and Trevor Wolf. Um, I mean, I know Richard. I think we were chatting about that off air from the Missing Link days and what he's done. Um, I'm just looking at his profile picture on the website. Uh, that's enough to make you want to come listen to this yeah, guy. It's like yeah. a bit of a nutter. Uh, and I mean that in a nice way. Um, and then Trevor's obviously, I mean, he, he's done a lot more of his stuff, if I'm not mistaken, overseas. So yeah, he's actually, he's, a, he's an American guy. Um, and he's, yeah, he's been through it all. He's, he's had some successful exits. He's raised funding. So 
he's a he's a great person to have um, on our speakers list. Um, so yeah, the event is sold out, but we do have a waiting list. So um, and we've got a very lacquer system where people RSVP and if they can't make it, they get kicked off, and the next person on the waiting list automatically gets a notification. So yeah, if if you are interested, please do sign up to our waiting list. Uh, if not for this event, for future events, you'll at least be kept in the loop from the get go. All right, so that's at growthhub.co.za. Correct. And I'm yeah. actually there. It says sold out, but if you just slightly scroll down, there's a join the waiting list button. Correct, yeah. Um, what is it? So, uh, Helma, going back to you, you said how to pitch for funding. That's the topic. So these two guys, and, I, and Ross, you, you referred to it as well, about the exit. It's funny, but I've always been of the opinion that as an entrepreneur, you should be thinking of the exit before you even started. I don't know if you would share those those views. I, Ross is shaking his head. Yeah, I've just heard I've, I've heard two sides of that story. That the one is um, is if you've got an exit strategy, then you shouldn't be starting. Yeah, uh, is the one kind of school of thought. Whereas I I'm always got an exit in my mind personally so I, I must say i've got an exit in my mind too you know it's the same as a job unless you're looking to get that gold-plated watch for 25 years long service and by the time you get the gold-plated watch the battery is dead uh you know i do believe that if you've got an idea and i think if you if you know, everyone says oh you need to i hate that saying if you need to walk before you run why if i can no one ever went in a race and started walking and then running they go off the blocks at full tilt so I'm of the school of, you know, have the exit strategy on the basis that if you're ever going to be significant or big, then the only way to be big or significant is because someone's actually bought you out. Yeah. That's kind of where it goes. In the tech space, yeah, specifically. Well, that was my next question. Yeah. Is Growth Hub only about tech or is this just entrepreneurs that have got business ideas, whether they've, I'm going to use the word analog, physical? No, I think, um, you know, we, everybody just understands that, um, you know, tech is a simple way to join the entrepreneurial force at this stage. But definitely the how to pitch for funding theme encapsulates more than just the actual pitching for funding. At the end of the day, you need certain pillars of selling your idea. So it's you can absolutely incorporate it into how to even sell your product. Um, we're talking to everybody not just in the tech space, but in a, a company starting out and just wanting to uh, relay their idea to other people, their service to other people to start and use it, just to understand how their approach is more effective. Okay, so I mean, yeah, you use the word effective. And that I think is where a lot of us have gone incredibly wrong in our journeys. I mean, we've all, you know, you've bought the t-shirt, we've paid the school fees and all the other cliches that come at the end of the day. If you don't know what you're doing, it actually is quite quite an intimidating space out there. I mean, when I was young and I had some ideas, uh, you know, I spent all my time safeguarding my ideas. And the best kept secret you could possibly have is watching someone else do it. It's fantastic. Okay, and I, you, you're smiling and nodding. I mean, I told you some of my war stories from, you know, what, what could have been. But they're worth nothing. They, they're not. They didn't happen. And if I reflect back, it's because... I kept it to myself. I spent all my time worrying about sharing. Russ, you and I have gone the NDA route on a couple of things before. I mean, people still use them. Yeah. Um, I, I just think I, I heard a, a quite an interesting story from a mate of mine um, who was in the States and uh, he was chatting kind of to a couple of guys and they were very, very open about their ideas. And he would kind of was taken aback and he said, like, you know, <laughs> I met you. 20 minutes ago why are you kind of telling me your million dollar idea and, and he said well if you can beat me at my own idea then you know props to you type of thing and the kind of underlying story and, and how it works in kind of America and Silicon Valley is you get feedback by telling people your idea so I tell you hey Brett I've got this idea of Versify and yeah, then tell all me, of tell us me quickly. <laughs> yeah and then uh, you know you come back to me and say oh but have you thought about this all of a sudden now I'm getting, you know, feedback on my idea before I've even started it. So I think the more people you share with, obviously you got to keep certain things close to your chest, but the more people you speak to and the more um, kind of topics you have around your idea and conversations, the more verification you get in your idea and you can adapt it. So um, the whole NDA thing, yes, does it hold any water? Who actually knows, to be fair? Um so, yeah, and these are the type of things that we want to talk about at Growth Hub. So 
this specific event is how to pitch for funding. One of our future events that we've got lined up is the, the talking about paint, painting your apps or your ideas. Should, is it worth it? Do you, should you rather trademark, et cetera, et cetera. So these are all the kind of topics that we want to get to. Growth Hub is a networking thing. It's a initiative to just bring everybody together, um, and bounce questions around. And you never know who you're going to bump into, who you're going to meet. Um, you know, you might, uh, find an investor, you might find a mentor, you might find a co-founder. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's what's so important about these, these type of events. You know, I go to a lot of them. I speak at some of them. I attend them just in the crowd. Um, I mean, my favorite one is Mobile Monday. I, I never miss a Mobile Monday because for exactly what you've just said, you could be standing there listening to someone. You could lean to the left or the right and say, you know, this folks actually got an amazing idea. I've been thinking of something similar. And the guy you're talking to is sitting there with six figures waiting to invest. And it happens. I mean, it happens all the time. Um, I agree. To, to keep things guarded, I've learned my lesson the hard way. Um, yes, I don't exactly share out the, the secret formula and the recipe of everything. But soundboarding, I mean, we're doing websites. We A and B split test to see which is the better response site. So why not with your ideas before you commit the capital? Uh, in fact, let's take, a, let's take an example right now. I was reading the other day, and, and this is becoming more prevalent. So you're 100% right uh, that people share. They have platforms where you can share your stuff and people come back and tell you, are you cooked? Or yeah. shit, that's awesome. Um, I think the most important thing then is, even in the form of a disclaimer, is if you are going to share, you need to be at one of three stages. You need to be at the ideation stage where you're just thinking about it and you'd like a little, someone else to kind of say, yeah, that's not bad or that's really cuck. And if seven people tell you it's really cuck, it's really cuck. Yeah. Um, you need to be at the stage where you've started, but maybe not quite out there public yet. Uh, you know, you, you, you've, if it's an app, you've built the infrastructure, you have a beta. Or you need to be at the stage where you are live and you're already cooking and now you're hungry for cash. Yeah. That, I mean, that might be too late a lot of the time, you know. So there's this whole new, um, kind of formula called the lean startup. I don't know if you've read the book and whatnot, but basically you've got time to read, right? <laughs> he obviously doesn't have kids, huh? Yeah, no, no kids for me. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so basically the whole concept of it, of, of business plans and five year of cash forecasts and all of that is out the window now. Oh, thank God. Cause that was always my killer. I hate that shit. Yeah, I just why? Said, Give me a five year plan. Do your own freaking plan. Exactly. I just want your money. <laughs> why waste your time? The whole kind of mantra behind is why waste your time building something that nobody wants. So, they they talk about getting out an MVP, which is a minimum viable product. So it's it's got to kind of have the minimum function functionality um, to work um, and to justify an idea, and then you iterate on every design off of feedback. So it's a whole constant: put something out, get feedback, redevelop; put something out, get feedback, redevelop. Um, so I think. Obviously, if you add idea phase in your idea uh, or your concept, you have to have thought about it a little bit and written some things down. So the business plan model does work in regards to that, just thinking about how you're going to monetize it, how you're going to do stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't go out and write a 25-page business plan. Go jot down a few ideas, get some wireframing, think about how you want to put things together, and then go and get um, verification on your idea and that can be as simple as going to a growth hub event and chatting to people um, about it you know I mean that's it, it's fantastic advice and I mean this is why I wanted you guys on here because people need to know that these that it's not just them you know um, they're not on their own they are the people that are sitting exactly the same boat and you know if you're paddling in the same direction the ship's going to move forward yeah, and uh, it's you daunting know? you know it doing what daunting. we're doing is daunting and I chat to Halma every day because He's Dude, in a because Helmer doesn't place. chat. Have you noticed? <laughs> yeah. He's still with us. Huh? <laughs> I'm here. Oh, he's there. Okay. No, just checking. You know, Shame. So he's, a, he's got a three month old. I mean, he's probably knocking off here. Well, you know, I've heard this before. <laughs> Let me catch a power nap, but it's, if they, if they kick me under the table, we'll get there. <laughs> so it would be great if I had 60 Helmers to chat to every day, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of what we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah I think, and, and I think that's so important. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bounce something off you and maybe this could be even a, a, a working example of what Growth Hub would do in the kind of discussion. We all know the Airbnb story and we all think Airbnb, well, not all of us. I think Airbnb is fantastic and there's a lot of people that do. So an idea came through the other day. I, I can't remember where or how and I've hoped to hell I haven't done something I'm not supposed to in saying it, but I'm sure it's in the public space. But this guy put together an Airbnb concept for salons, as in hairdressing salons. And his or her premise was, 
every time they go and get their hair cut, they look to the left, they look to the right, there's an empty stall, a chair and mirror. You know, um, and hairdressers only employ people when they have an abundance of customers, the, the, the salon owner. So he's or she's put this idea together of Airbnb for salons where a freelancer can come and use that facility. Now, my initial thought was that's amazing. That's brilliant. Well done. Space management. I mean, you guys are in the space industry. Mm, Although you've got uh, storage space, storage box. Um, you know, I thought it was fantastic. I spoke to someone else and said it's the most stupidest idea they've ever heard. Because all that happens is the client comes to the salon, the salon owner engages, the client goes, actually, I like it here. I'm not going to follow him or her to their next salon and sticks around. I didn't think of that. You know, Airbnb, you go there, you sleep, you go home. There's no client ownership. There's no engagement after that fact unless they want to come back again. Um, now, those are the kind of things where a forum or a community or initiative, I think yeah. is a better word of Growth Hub, actually can sit there and stop you going down that route of making the mistake or help you tweak the tools for sure because yeah. you, you also yeah you, you have an idea and you get very excited about it a lot of the time and you go out and you you know you develop this app for millions of rands and then nobody uses it whereas yeah. if you've got a forum like this you know you may never go down that route or you'd pivot it so hey maybe not salons we can adjust it and we can do something else with it you know and you can use your technology and you can kind of 100%. point it in another direction well, seeing you're sitting at the mic, I need to actually pay that mic off. So I'm, I'm going to ask you the question. When, when you're at Growth Hub or you know, when the guys are coming there, is it this type of engagement that you're looking to, to, to bring to the hub? I mean, these guys are coming. They're going to ask questions. Is there a silly question? You know the brainstorming model. You know, what is it that got you involved, Alma? Is it just the fact that you an entrepreneur walking in the shoes and you wanted 100 Rosses like he wanted 100 you? Or what was your view or – vision and getting involved here yes i mean uh, for me it was also really just to try and educate the the rest of the entrepreneurial market there's a there's a massive hunger and i mean we talked about silicon cape uh, you know that's in the right moving in the right direction basing the thoughts on something similar to uh, you know silicon valley and i think what's very important that they're getting right um on a large scale is that all the startups feed off each other which makes the whole um you know, town, city, just like a massive incubator, essentially. And I think that's where we need to go as well. Um, I think the the mind, you know, everybody's uh, state of mind is shifting in terms of, you know, not being too guarded anymore about the ideas, about people talking. And I think networking is one element that Growth Up offers. Uh, but we also would like to have people walk away from an event, you know, really enlightened, really inspired and and armed with additional knowledge, we really want content to be rich, content to be strong, and then to have you know proper takeouts from the event of what now what needs to happen now for them to become a success. Nice. Well, normally uh, B two would be sitting here with his thought of the day or his deep digital dive philosophy or one of those cool things. In fact, I can't knock his his sayings in that because last week he actually did my closing offline for me because I got cut off on the own call. I was remote and try to come in through Skype. But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm coming on Thursday night. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think if we can start to see a bigger or, or, or more budding community up here in Johannesburg, I think this whole VC explosion, I mean, we're seeing it in Africa. People are investing. You know, a lot of guys are coming over. We had Gareth on the show last week, and he was saying, well, you know, you need to move your IP to the States. But having international speakers coming and speaking to us and showing us that it's possible to do and whatever we're doing here can be replicated anyway, you know, maybe we can get those type of um, inputs that will come through to it. So we are kind of at the top of the hour um, and I am getting told to wrap up from the producer side. So there is no digital philosophy and uh, I'm just going to say until next time, uh, keep your well, before I do, guys, thank you for being here and good luck for Thursday night. Thanks for having us. And uh, growthhub.co.za. And yeah, till next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. This is cliffcentral.com.